This podcast is brought to you by Zotes Sunflower Seeds, the number one flavored sunflower seeds on the planet. Visit Zotes.com. Now, welcome to the Accidental Experience with Mark Comer. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Accidental Experience. I'm Mark Comer here with Jimmy Boy. How are we doing this fine pre-Thanksgiving Wednesday, Jimmy? Raiders. Now, feeling good. You you understand that that does not have anywhere near the impact on me as your little first place shenanigans do during baseball season. No, you kind of like the Raiders. You've let it been known. So I don't. I don't mean. I'm not doing it to bother you. I'm doing it. That's how I feel. That's that's. What's going through my body right now? Dude, the Aiders. Is Raiders. The Aiders. The Raiders. There's a couple of things that you already know. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure everyone else doesn't. This is the best start since 2002, I believe, or maybe it's 2001. Yeah. Super Bowl champ or Super Bowl runner up, 2002. Yeah, I mean, these are like 1970s. Even in that year, I think what we, I think this is better than those years. This is the best year since like, 76 and you know 81 like big time teams well this is incredible start here's what's interesting is they have 14 consecutive losing seasons going into this year i believe was the stat yes sir they've missed the playoffs the last 14 or 15 or whatever years maybe it's nine 14 so so think about that turnaround and last year you you were feeling pretty good about where the Raiders were going because of the big three. Would, is is that a correct comment? Yeah, this year was my. It's a three prong. I remember I was talking about a three prong process. Mm-hmm. First one, get the players. Second one, learn how to play together. And the third one is learn how to win together. Uh-huh. And this is the year I was looking at learning how to win, but I was looking at a. 10 and 6, maybe on a good day, 11 and 5, definitely closer to the 9 and 7, all setting up for the 2017 campaign. But uh, they jumped a year. They, they jumped it, and uh, they're playing exceptional early, one year early. Well, and, and kind of what's interesting, you know, if you go kind of look at the stats, as we are big-time stats guys, right? Statties. You look Staties. at their offense. Yeah. You know they're the sixth ranked uh, offense overall in the in the NFL. Okay, um, and that's net total yards. Okay, that's pretty mm-hmm. pretty significant. And then when you go and you look at their defense, isn't necessarily very good, but their offense seems to be good enough to allow them to win. Their defense is twenty eighth in net total yards. So yeah, the, the statty stuff on that is always, and you've probably seen this. You know, when when your team is scoring a lot, the de- it's so hard for the defense to be ranked top five, top ten, because uh-huh. the other team's in full, uh, you know, two-minute mode the whole time. They're, they're just catch-up, catch-up, catch-up. And also your defense is, is kind of in a relaxed situation. So it's always hard. One of them's usually going to be more dominant than the other. But they just need to make the stops on third down, and that's what they're kind of doing. And uh, thank you to uh, – I would like to do a tip of the cap to the fine 
uh, officiating on the, the guys that did the spotting on two of those plays <laughs> on Monday night. That, that was uh, I, the worst spotting I think I've ever seen in my life. Okay, actually. but think about it. Put yourself in those those officials' uh, uh, shoes. You're you're in the mecca of Raider Nation, right? You're in Mexico City. I mean, oh yeah. By the way, this is the first. This is the first time Mexico City hosted an event where um, they had less of their national fans than if. Uh, uh, hold on. This is the first time Mexico City has hosted an event where more Mexicans showed up when the team was playing in America. I think that's what I want to say. So. The joke worked really well in my head when I was thinking about it driving well, here's, but, from but, Vegas. But, but think about this. You 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 know you're in um, a stadium in the U.S. and fans get a little bit ticked off because you make a bad um, a bad call. You right. you generally don't fear for your life. But but you know you make a bad call in El, in Azteca Stadium. You're going to get bags of urine and and maybe shot if 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 that that app happened to uh, change the outcome of the game in in the favor of your opponent. You know. Yeah, so. I didn't even think about that. that's probably the best that uh, I think there was a lot of people who are like, uh, yeah, he stepped out. Uh, oh, so you want our officials tonight? No, okay, he he did he's he definitely stepped on the line. Yeah. No, it shows. Uh, they have families. Let's make sure they get home safe. This so. game, all we're trying to do is raise interest in the NFL. Um, and so, yes, um, Tennessee, thank you. Or Texas, <laughs> Texans, thank you for taking one on the chin for us. So, so it's interesting, though. Your comment is, is dead, you know, spot on. You take New Orleans' number one offense, and they are the number 26th ranked defense. Tennessee, mm-hmm. number two offense, 29th ranked defense. Washington, third-ranked offense, and they're the 22nd-ranked, and then Atlanta, fourth offense, and the 27th. Now, where it gets a little bit scary to you and I as non-Cowboy fans is Cowboys are fifth-ranked in total offense, and they are 13th-ranked in defense. That that has me a little concerned. Yeah, and, and I think part of that, would be, and uh, you tell me if you agree, is that the the other teams that you mentioned are all passing. They are running, so yes. a lot of a lot of their first, a lot of their their drives are nine minute, eight minute drives, and therefore the other team doesn't even get the ball that much. So right. they, right. so the defense is uh, a they're they're a good defense. They're definitely solid, but uh, it's overinflated because there's just not enough time on the clock, which you know. It seemed like when we were younger folks, when we were wearing a younger boy's clothes, that the the offense got the ball more than twice a quarter. And it seems like that's all you get now. If you fall behind by 17 going into the fourth quarter, you might not get the ball three times. Uh Uh Because it used to be when you stepped out of bounds, uh, the the clock clock stopped. And now the clock runs until the final two minutes. So. It's it's tougher to make big comebacks. Yeah, well, it uh, you know we will keep the, the Cowboys keep winning, and sometimes they're winning very in mysterious ways. So I hope this isn't their their special year. So all right, so the Raiders. That's a lot of fun. Let's talk. Let's talk more fun. Okay, let's talk about our fun. Yes. That, that we had on Saturday because there were a couple of games going on. I was in in uh, on the other side of the world. But still was following, mm-hmm. um, you know, following the action. And 
Tell us first about the USC-UCLA game. I know that was the later game, but uh, uh, it looks like uh, right. SC handled them pretty easily, and SC is really uh, just uh, playing good football right now. Yeah, I've got to – you know, we've never claimed to be right on everything, just most stuff. Right, right. I have never been more wrong on Clay Helton than – I have, I don't even know who that coach is. Like that's not the guy that I saw for the first four games slash fifth game against uh, where he where he screwed up against Wisconsin in the uh, bowl game in the Holiday Bowl. I his calls are good. The defense is playing hard. The efforts there. The the penalties now are penalties that are um, which uh, I don't mind. Which are over exuberance penalties where the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, hits the guy kind of laid out of bounds, which I'm not a huge fan of because it's 15 yards, but it is a, a penalty that I can stay with because it's at least showing that there's aggressiveness going on instead of the stupid, horrible offsides or illegal procedures. The team, he's letting the team play to their potential. That's all you have to do if you're the SC coach. It's not hard. You just let the team play to this potential because we have the best recruits or top three. So so is Pat Hayden still the the – AD at SC, or did they? Did they? No, Pat. Him? Pat Hayden left. They brought in Lynn Swan, the proud Republican mm. out of Pennsylvania, okay. who lost in the governorship a few so, years ago. So Lynn Swan is the AD. So yeah, so that's the thing. So yeah, so Swanee's the AD. Helton's coaching his butt off, and I think part of it might be T. Martin. Remember the powerhouse quarterback yes. of Tennessee? Yes. Yep. Who I always liked because I hate SEC, but I always hated Peyton Manning. Uh-huh. And when Manning left, he never won a championship. And then T. Martin won a national championship the first year after Manning left. Mm-hmm. So okay. I always thought that was fun. That uh, fun. Yeah, but the team is the team is good, Comer. You know this. You see the recruits that roll into oh, yeah. SC, oh, and yeah. for them to play so poorly, it was horrible. And uh, but that that UCLA SC game was really just a topping of. Just a glorious day, and and all I saw to make me happy was one play. Yeah, of that yeah. glorious day. Well, let's and, talk and I about forget that. what the play was because there's there's a pattern here in in Salt Lake, and some people are talking about it, and it's interesting. I I talked to Kalani Satake a few months ago, right, head football coach at BYU, who coached at Utah, who has a lot of respect for Kyle Whittingham, very good friend of the you know head coach. He coached under Whittingham for years. Then went to Oregon State, now BYU. But he he was talking. Uh, we brought our football team over there, our youth football team, to a practice in August, and he was talking about um, how they were going to kind of tear up their their workouts. Meaning, a lot of teams they 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 work their guys really hard in fall camp, and they peak by about week two or three of the season, and then as they get into November, they they struggle. Because they're kind of worn out, you know. And and it was interesting. He said that. And he didn't say this as a slam toward Utah at all. He goes, but but kind of like Utah, they win a lot of their early games and then they lose a lot of games in November. That's what he said. That's what Kalani said. And so, so you know, I think based on his experience, he's saying, look, this I'm, I'm going to change this up as a head coach. But I think you go back to Utah over the last, you know, five years – now, a couple of, of years, they had no shot at, at, at winning the South you know, title. But, but the last couple of years, or the last few years, I think they actually have. And so, 
every year they have like this last week. But have they? But have they really? I that's I, I think so. And we can kind of we can look at that. We can take a look and see really kind of what uh, um, you know, kind of see what 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 the schedules have been like. But like for example, let's go back. We're in 2016 this year. They're going into this Oregon game. If they win the last two games, they win the Pac-12 South. Correct. Right, but they weren't going to. Okay, the but they weren't point. going to, but let's say, so because now. They don't play the same. Yeah. Last year, last year they go into a November 14th game against Arizona, and it looks like in the Pac-12 they had beaten Oregon, who was ranked 13. They had beaten Cal, who was ranked 23. They lost to SC, beat Oregon State, beat Washington. So they were 4-1 and one as of November 14th. They go into and play a very poor Arizona team and lose in double overtime and then lose to UCLA the next week. So if they were had any chance that year, again, in November, they go in and they completely lay an egg. Now let's go and look into November two, in 2014. Um, that was the year they lost to Washington State, then beat UCLA, beat Oregon State, beat USC, Okay, and then they go into November playing Arizona State, and they lose. And they play Oregon, and they lose. And they, they beat Stanford in double overtime and then lost to Arizona. They lost three out of four games in November. I don't know if that's a pattern or not, but it was just interesting because, you know, you look at Oregon this year, right, and you look at who they right. lost to. You look at what they've done. They're, they're four and seven. They they lost to Nebraska. Yeah, Oregon's horrible. Yeah, Oregon's horrible. I guess we don't even need to, to explain lost, that. But yeah, here's the simple thing. thing. Oregon, Oregon lost at home to Washington, Washington like seventy three to three. That's yeah. end of yeah. end of story. That's right. So so they go into this game and they have their destiny, their fate, the title is in their own hands against the worst defense in the Pac twelve, and they score a touchdown the first play or the first drive and I think the last drive, and then got a fluke touchdown because the punt returner for Oregon's a complete idiot who knows he touched the ball, and he knows that there's 500 cameras on him. Instead of going and grabbing it, at least holding the ball and falling down, he goes into the end zone and kind of grabs the ball and then drops it again like it's a hot potato, and Utah recovers it and, and, and gets a touchdown. Well, on on his behalf, it was being televised on Pac-12 Network, otherwise known as the home of Utah football, because they never make the the big games. So, and I think they usually only have one camera, and it's a VHS camera. So he he maybe thought that the Pac-12 Network didn't catch the most obvious thing ever. Yeah, I guess that that's probably right. But you know, so all all that aside. Utah scores, I guess. I didn't watch the game either. I just saw the highlight. Utah scores their last drive to go up. Oregon has the ball on about, what, the 40-yard line? Yeah, and, basically. And two seconds left? I mean, and, and I mean, come on. That's unbelievable. That How does that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that happens. It happens because Utah isn't a good team. Now, uh... I was saying earlier that all Helton needs to do is make the team play up to their potential. Whittingham has the team playing above their potential mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. And so when they finally hit their potential, that's what you see. They don't have the best recruits. And because they don't have the best recruits and, they, and they're not uh, 
you know, the smartest of guys. I think to get into uh, Utah, you have to know how to spell your name when you go to the application, and that's about it. So they don't have smart guys. They have a lot of JC transfer guys. Right. Um, if when it's up to their own device, they, they're just not a good team. Now, here's the thing. They're going to be sixth place again. Yeah. That's what they're always saying. I think last year they were seventh place, and they were talking how it was the greatest team ever. And they're still the darlings, I guess, of the USA uh, today or whoever continually puts them up because of the record, but they also don't play. Here's the other thing. They don't play the same teams that USC and UCLA does, and that also pisses me off. That's why I want to get back to the Pac-10 where we played everybody in our division. Because every year USC and UCLA, in order to make this work, had to accept that they would have to – play Cal and Stanford every year. And so while SC is playing a Cal team that's ranked and a Stanford team that is ranked and very tough, uh, the Utes can have Cal at home and then have Oregon State as their other game. Mm-hmm. So it, it actually helps Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State. They, they get easier schedules. So it, it's dumb. It's lame, but it's hilarious because, once again, Utah is ranked six, and I'm going to have to do something that I hate to do. I'm going to have to root for those bastards on um, Saturday so SC can get a, have a chance to get to the Rose Bowl. But even if they don't, I'm cool with it because I know where USC is. USC is a top-four team. They're playing lights out, and if we have to play on another holiday bowl, that's fine. Because guess where the Utah Utes are going to the Las Vegas Bowl, baby? No. Which is a joke bowl. I heard something different. I heard they're not even going to the Las Vegas Bowl. They're going to a worse bowl because the Las Vegas Bowl, they've been the last few years, and the Las Vegas Bowl doesn't want them. And so they might be playing in UTEP, Texas El Paso, um, which is close to Juarez. And that, that that's kind of always a cool thing. Uh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. It looks like they could be playing there in in Texas, El Paso, um, and uh, we'll see. You know, there's obviously a chance of the Holiday Bowl, whatever. But 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 maybe the the El Paso Bowl wouldn't be a bad. You know, I think that's what's that called the Sun City Bowl or something like that. But uh, anyway, yeah, we'll so see. I guess if I guess if they beat Colorado, no, they're 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 stuck in sixth place no matter what. No matter that's what. as good as they can. Yeah, because Stanford has is over them because I say so. Um, <laughs> so they're sixth place. If they lose, for sure sixth place. If not, I just put them behind Stanford in sixth place. Uh, yeah, and so here's the other thing about the Pac-12. It has the worst. And this, you're talking to a Pac-12 guy, right? Are we is yeah. that this yeah. isn't I love the Cougs, but I'm not an independent. I'm a Pac-12 guy. I'm right. a honk for the Pac-12. They have the worst bowl tie-ins of anybody. They've got Rose Bowl, the best bowl. Cool, we'll take that. The next best thing is Holiday Bowl, which is rad, but it's not on uh, January 1st. And then it's just a potpourri of crap: Sun Bowl, Texas El Paso Bowl, uh, Albuquerque. You know, hanging out with a bunch of uh, Libertarian Bowl. I think it's called the Libertarian Bowl. I don't even know what these bowls are. They got one in San Francisco where you have to play in the worst stadium in America in San Francisco. It's I mean, the, they've got some horrible bowls. Okay, the Foster, the bowl projections right now, okay, <laughs> the bowl projections yeah. right now, based on the fact that Utah's going to lose this weekend, right? 
against uh, but Hopefully Colorado. not, but they probably will. If they, they're, they're predicted to go to the Foster Farms Bowl. The Foster That's a Pac Bell one? Um, the Foster Farms Bowl is, I think, in actually Levi Stadium now in San Jose, which is a beautiful stadium. You, you and I can both agree on that. Um, <laughs> I love how you just throw me in. But they used to play in Pac, the Pac Bell Bowl, which yeah. even though I know you love it for the stadium that is, there's nothing worse than being stuck in a cra- – like, if you go two yards past the end zone one way, you can break your neck, and there's a big, huge freaking uh, mitt in left field or behind the end zone, which doesn't make sense. So that's a that's a crap. So I'm happy if they moved it to the Santa Clara. Well, right now the projections have them playing a five and seven. This means Indiana would have to. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The seventh place Big Ten team, I believe. Uh, um, well, at least they can win a bit bowl game against Indiana. Now I think Indiana does have a football program. I know they usually have a pretty good basketball program. That got upset last night by. Fort Wayne, formerly Indiana University, Purdue, Fort Wayne. Uh, yeah, I O U P U R C. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, you know, it's uh, but but here's here's the biggest question I have: How does Alabama ever lose any game in college football? Well, they are coached well. They've got great athletes, and they are just a beast. I mean, we're talking about, and not just me. Sports Center, all everybody's talking that USC might be the second best team right now. Of course, the record doesn't show that. Right, and they got manhandled, completely manhandled. Now, if they play it again, they're not going to lose by thirty-five. They might lose by seventeen, but it's just, it is a beast team, just a beast of well, a team. And let me just give you an idea. Right now, and I know it's early, but you're two thousand seventeen recruits, right? A lot of the guys wait till late, you know, to, to they go on the TV and the games and they have a bunch of hats and they pick their hats, whatever. Yeah. Alabama right now has five five-star recruits committed to Alabama. <laughs> and, yeah, that's... And, you know, Oklahoma, zero. Georgia, zero. LSU, one. Notre Dame, zero. Texas A&M, zero. Tennessee, zero. Michigan, zero. Five five star recruits, thirteen yeah, four star. That's more recruits. than that's more than BYU to, to tweak on our own team. That's more than BYU's got in ten years. So yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's a pretty big, yeah. that's a pretty big deal. So so anyway, that's that's what's going on in college football. Where I think SC is definitely one of the top three or four teams, if not the the second best team in in college football. And you know, stranger things have happened. I guess. I guess that third loss really did it in for them. If they had two losses now, there would would be a chance, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, no, for sure there would be a chance for that. But there was still a chance in my brain. uh, If Washington State would have beaten Colorado, we would have been up two more spots. So we'd be at 10 right now. Then we would place Notre Dame and some teams would lose. That would probably bring us in the 9 or 8 range. Mm -hmm. I had it all figured out. I spent three and a half hours with a with a, a ruler in a, a calculus book that slide I rule. wrote on top. Yeah, slide rule. <laughs> then what would happen is if we would have to beat Washington, who would be a top four team because they're going to move ahead of uh, Ohio State, uh, Michigan. So we'd go from eight to maybe like six-ish and then hope for a couple other teams. I, I had a way that we could somehow get into there. But once Washington State lost – uh, there's no chance, but you know Utah could come up, and uh, if a, if enough of those Colorado players can let 
uh, punt returners can let the ball hit their hands, maybe Utah can score like two or three touchdowns. So, well, well, let's let's think about it though. That would I think that that would be pretty cool. Um, how this year started out that if SC ended up in the Rose Bowl. Oh and, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we would be happy with another Holiday Bowl, or we'd even be happier if one of the teams. If everybody, like the Boise States and everybody flames out and we could maybe get an Orange Bowl or a Sugar uh-huh. Bowl, I'd probably right. be playing one of those one of those against a, a real team. But, I, I mean, I think Ohio State's going to handle Michigan. Of course, they could lose. Anything could happen. But seeing USC against Ohio State or Michigan, or I think there's also the possibility if Colorado loses, USC beats Washington, no, then we're automatically in. I think there's a way. Oh, there is one last thing. Sorry, if Wash if if Colorado wins and Washington goes into the and then Washington beats Colorado, USC will be ahead of Washington in the Pac-12 because of the losses and the head-to-head, and then we would get to go to the Rose Bowl if. Washington was in the playoff. So there's still a chance. Yeah. It's crazy, but there's still well, it's weird. I think that even if so if you went out and even if you lost to Washington in the Pac twelve championship game, you would still go to the Rose Bowl. They would go they because they would if they won out and beat SC, they're gonna go yeah. probably go to the college football playoff. Well, I can tell you something certain simple. We ain't losing to no freaking Washington in a neutral site. So that ain't gonna happen. So, that ain't, happen. that but, ain't happening. But if Colorado wins, then you're not even in the in the championship game, right? If Colorado Which, wins, you know, you're probably going to go to the Holiday Bowl or something like that. Well, if they get blown out by Washington, we could also go into the Rose Bowl if Washington gets into the playoff because yeah. they need to take a team, yeah. and they don't always take that loser. And it's a weird thing because Colorado will have three losses. In in league play, and we'll have had three. No, they would have two. But no, they would have two. But we would beat them head to head. You would beat them head to head, but they have two. But if you lose in the championship game, does that loss go against your record? Yeah, it does actually, which is stupid because wow. it gives you another chance for a loss. I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty confident. Um, you know, anything can happen. Notre Dame. I'm I'm more nervous about Notre Dame because just I've seen it all than I would be playing Washington and Santa Clara. And we're probably 13-point favorites against Notre Dame. Wow. All right. Well, good. One quick question then for you. Uh, next week, BYU's coming down to play USC in basketball. Um, are you going to be heading over to that game? Probably. I almost watched them play tonight. I was driving through uh, Vegas, and I saw Valparicio. And, yes, that's correct. Uh, this guy, Rubel, who, you know, I know this is a – a, a deep west area but this guy tweets out 3,000 times a day <laughs> and he does the play by play he was talking as if the game was yesterday and i was like sweet i'm in vegas spending the night i'll, I'll go watch some, i'll go watch a late night coogs game and it ended up being the next day but i did put 22 dollars down so i could win an easy 20 on byu and seven i'm giving up seven points to valparicio wait a minute so, so you got you took the Cougs who are who are not favored. No, they are favored by seven. They're minus seven. Are they minus seven? Yeah. Wow, that's that's a little surprising. Oh, well, speaking of, okay, this is the last quick thing of BYU talk. Um, 
BYU, speaking of the process that the Raiders just went through, I've been telling everyone in three years, BYU will be in the Final Four because all the guys are great. They've played together, won a championship in high school, and none of them except maybe the center, I believe, is good enough to go pro, so they'll stick around all four years. What do you think? I I agree 100%. I think that these kids, they won a legit national championship when they were in high school, and I even went over kind of the list of players they played against. This wasn't just they're playing against a bunch of Utah teams. They went out and they won. They played Aaron Gordon's team, the, the, the number one ranked team in California, beat them by 40 points. They went and played one tournament. The one game they lost was against a academy, that, that kind of like IMG Academy. They bring kids in from all over the country uh, that are going to Florida, you know, you know um, Kentucky, and, and really top players. And they lost by a few points in a very good game. These kids played together. They won four state championships in a row. Um, and now they're all going to be playing together for the next four years or, or three years. And so I agree. I think that they're very, very good. And they have actually a kid that, that decommitted from Ohio State that's now here that will be playing four years, six foot ten. And uh, they got their, I'm sure they're going to be getting a couple other big guys over the next couple of years. But I agree. I think that's not, that's not a crazy statement. No, and everyone, and I got a buddy, one of my good buddies at UCLA basketball, and he loves basketball. He's like, you're high, dude. There's no way. I said, no, here's the thing. They, none of them are, they're just on, they're all in China and Russia basketball. They're all going to make money playing in Spain or right. something. None of them are probably going to be in the NBA. So they're all good. And instead of them staying around for one or two years, they're all going to be together for three years. They're going to be playing against great players, you know, the Anthony Davises of the world, but Anthony Davises of the world that have only that are freshmen because they they take off for sophomore year. So they're going to go in, and both of, and everyone knows that guard play is the key to NCAA, and so that's kind of. Oh, by the way, who won the championship last year? I forgot. In basketball. Yeah. Um, it was uh, not Vandy. It's the Philadelphia School. Um, Gosh, Villanova. Okay, Villanova. I know the answer. It's, I, it's, it's Villanova, and the reason I asked is I told you six months ago when you were saying it was the greatest moment of your life, that final game and all this stuff. I said, I'll tell you in six months, I'm going to ask you who won that game, and you won't even know. No, I knew. I, I knew. It's know. Villanova. Who was the, the player that hit that shot? Uh, uh, Jimmy... Jimmer, Jimmer. <laughs> hey, See, I'm let me, telling you, you're so overblown. You're such a media no, boy that you're all in on listen, that. I told you, that you'll never remember the name of the player or the team. And that boom. wasn't the greatest moment of my life, but it was a great game. Okay? Now, I know, you. but you, you were saying this is like one of the greatest, and I said, we're going to forget this thing in six months okay. because we didn't know the players. It was Okay, let me tell you a couple uh, of interesting things to give to your UCLA buddy. When, when Lone Peak won the championship, they had three of the guys that are starting for BYU, right, were on that team. And a fourth kid that's not starting for BYU is on that team. They were 26-1 and one and beat and were 6-1 and one against ranked teams that year. Their only loss came against Mount Verde Academy in Florida. Um, but they weren't eligible for the national championship because they recruit kids from all over the country to come play at their, at their school. Um, they beat twenty-two and three uh, Maywood, Illinois, eighty-four to forty-six. They ended Chester, Pennsylvania's sixty-one game win streak in the City of Palms Classic, and spanked defending California State champs Archbishop Mitty, 
81-46 at the Spalding Hoopball Classic in January. Yeah, well, I just remember they played the team in Chicago, and it was a bunch of brothers, and they were laughing yes. because they saw the – they weren't trying to be mean, but they were actually literally la- – like, like who, what is this team doing here? And then, yeah, I think they went in and beat them by 30. So. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. So anyway, that'll, that'll be good. Now, all right, let's get to the uh, uh, email – emails because uh, it's almost thanksgiving time we got a lot going on we're getting ready to watch a little football watch the cowboys lose tomorrow and a lot of fun other things so uh so let's uh you got your little email bag opened up yeah let me open that bag (laughs) oh it's a fun time okay it's gonna be some good games michigan ohio state this weekend also I was looking at my stuff. Oh my gosh! We haven't talked for a while. The first one said something about Kate Upton's Cy Young comment, but I'm just going to move on past that to the next one. All right, uh, here's one. Hey guys, love the show. Hey, so nice work, University of Houston. You almost sold out your adorable little stadium for the biggest game in your school's last 25 years versus number four Louisville. If you keep playing big teams, maybe you can draw more fans than us. Sincerely, Texas high school stadiums. So. Uh, I think I sent you a picture. You might have been in Ching Chow Check by then. But, uh, you know, Houston, who's vying to be in the Big 12 and saying they deserve it, blah, 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 blah. Biggest game of the last maybe 25 years against number four Louisville. And, yeah, didn't sell it out. I think there's like 28,000 in that and, stupid and stadium. Up, and they ended up winning. Yeah. And I was rooting for them because I got a lot of buddies in the oil industry that, that went there. But it's just, it's not on the same level. No, Sorry, Houston no. people. All right. Um, so this one, so I guess my infield dirt, so I guess my infield dirt field doesn't look that that bad after all. Sincerely, Oakland Alameda Stadium. That uh, I don't know if you watched the Monday night <laughs> yes, game. Yes, I but, did. I did. Uh, yeah. They don't make cleats long enough to they like, go oh, they're gonna go change their cleats <laughs> what do you got six inch <laughs> studs on those cleats come on guys all right this one is uh, uh a note from the dead this is it says i've got big balls i've got big balls and they're such big balls dirty big balls and he's got big balls she's got big balls but jack del rio's got the biggest balls of them all sincerely bond scott i why why does he he uh, fourth and one. Yeah, I guess he, uh, you know, at their own forty, knowing that all he had to do was punt the ball and probably going to win, and went for it and got three yards and ended the game. So, so, so you're saying that Bon Scott thinks that that was a very ballsy move. And the, for those that don't know what you're referring to, that fantastic top song by ACDC uh, called yes. "Big Balls," but it's talking about ballroom. Yeah, ballroom dancing. Dancing ballroom balls, parties. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. Like back in, you remember there'd always be the uh, policeman's ball. They'd always talk uh-huh. about and like, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, the butcher from uh, and Alice from from uh, what was the, um, the Brady was, Bunch? Yeah, yeah Brady that was Bunch. Uh, Hank. They'd always be yeah. The, no, the the butcher. Yeah, Hank the butcher and Alice would always be going to policeman's balls. Like, how many freaking policeman's balls did they have back then? <laughs> A lot, apparently. Jeez. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Black lives balls matters. So take that, police balls. All right. Uh, here's the last one. 
Uh, lasers in the eyes of the players, P-bombs being thrown at the players, worst field conditions ever seen, horrible high altitude and smog, players can't leave hotel for fear of being kidnapped. Yeah, Mexico City would be a great place to have a team. Sincerely, Roger Goodell. All right, yeah. so he's still pushing for Mexico City. Well, I and think that, that's what's going to happen, I think, uh, right? you got a lot of people there, and they'll just have to up their security a little bit. Or maybe Roger could go meet with the drug lords and just cut a little deal. So they they Because uh, most of the time when somebody gets kidnapped down there, uh, yeah. the authorities know who did it, and they know where they're at. But they just, yeah. uh, you know, they're getting a little piece of the deal. Yeah, in fact, I don't know if you know this, but that's the first time that games have been played in Mexico City where less Mexicans attended than when it was in America. Boom, got it that time. Well, that's uh, that's pretty, you know, it sold out in 30 minutes, by the way. <laughs> I know. I was surprised at all the Houston fans, to be honest. I'm like, who's a Houston fan? Like, how did you decide Houston is going to be your team? So it hasn't been around for, what, 10 years? Well, I think maybe? it's the proximity to the border, maybe, has a higher interest because there's a, quite a Hispanic population in Houston. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can get it a little bit, but, um, yeah, I was not surprised at the Raider fans. I guess, did you see the laser being during the game? Uh, I heard about it. No, what happened? So I'm watching it with my son, and we're watching. I'm like, whoa, whoa, check this out. So I rewound it, and I said, look at that green laser that they're just, it's just, it's a lawless country. And people are just bringing lasers, and, and then Brock Osweiler afterwards, who, by the way, was worth every penny of that 17 yeah, yeah. mil a year, oh, yeah. um, said that he dropped back a couple times, and he, they put laser, he, he said there was a laser in my eye as I dropped back. And the funny thing is that was the best game he'd ever played. So maybe uh, Houston fans bring lasers to the game and put them in Osweiler's eye. So there you go. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. It's a great, it's a great week. A lot of good football over the next few days. A lot of good food. SC is playing well. That's that's a Friday night game or Saturday with Notre Dame. Notre Dame will be Saturday at noon time. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. let's let's watch that. We'll talk. Obviously, there's a little bit of movement going on with uh, MLB right now, and we will uh, we'll talk about that next week. And and let's hot uh, stove. Have a have a very nice uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, holiday celebration at Go uh, Trojans, Go yeah, and Buffs. Uh, no, go, go Utes. Cougars. I have to say it. Go Utes. And, Do it. Uh, and that's uh, that's it. Knowing the pain that the Utes have brought me my whole life is there's zero chance that they'll actually win when I actually root for them I this Saturday. So first little deal there, but I want Colorado to win big. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna let you know that. Oh, I know. I know what you want. You want him a solid sixth place. You want him to just be begging for El Paso. What a horrible place. Good luck with that. Good job, Utes. You did it. All right. When's the last, well, time, you won, when's the last time they won a championship, a, a conference championship, by the way? Well, they won two in about 40 years. In the it, Seriously, two. Since 1960, I think they'd won two. One was with Urban Meyer and one was with Kyle Whittingham. Why doesn't someone bring that up when they think that they're a real college team? It's like, kind of like the liberals. You don't bring up facts, okay? No. okay. You do not bring up facts. So, All right, very good. Happy Thanksgiving to all. All right, Jimmy Boy, Until every, to everyone else. Until next time, we will uh, catch you on the flip side. Go Utes!